It's no surprise that the last couple of years have been a challenge for small businesses. And it's likely that we all know someone whose life and business has been adversely affected by the pandemic. We've seen long-time businesses struggle, companies pivot, bankruptcies filed, and doors closed. But thankfully, there are also positive stories and good that has come about because of the pandemic too. There are stories of communities rallying to support local businesses, people looking to the outdoors as a respite for mental and physical health, sometimes even for the first time, families opting to explore more local and regional assets in their communities, and a heightened general awareness of what is truly important in this life. In this episode, I sit down with Scott Socha. He's the owner of Foot RX Running, and we talk about how many of these themes played out in his personal life and how they charted a different course for Foot RX Running. And here's the great part. You don't have to be a serious runner to benefit from this episode. There is something here for all of us. Life lessons about evaluating what's truly important in life, caring for our physical, mental, and spiritual needs, and how we prioritize the things in life that matter the most to us. Of course, what would an episode about a running specialty store be if we didn't talk about shoes? Scott lays down knowledge about the use of footwear and even orthotics to help ease and treat lower extremity-related problems, and he provides helpful advice to make your next trail run or even casual hike fun and pain-free. We also celebrate the upcoming opening of their second store in the Brevard community in just a couple of weeks. This is a story of inspiration, perseverance, and a company committed to its customers' health and well-being. Enjoy. You're listening to Exploration Local, a podcast designed to explore and celebrate the people and places that make the Blue Ridge and Southern Appalachian Mountains special and unique. My name is Mike Andrus, the host of Exploration Local. Join us on our journey to explore these mountains and discover how they fuel a spirit of adventure. We encourage you to wander far, but explore local. Let's go. This is going to be a great episode because it's not only about a great topic and a great person, but I'm actually here with a friend. Scott Socha is here, and he is the owner of Foot RX. I am extremely happy to have you here, not only for the podcast, Scott, but just to catch up. So thanks for being here, man. Yeah, exciting to be here. Podcasting we are. That's right. Yes, so... Let's get into it. Let's get into it. All right. So a lot of people around here who I network with, uh, they know you, they know your store, but, and even me as your neighbor, I know a little bit about your story and I know the last couple of years, kind of how your story has shifted a little bit, but you have helped me out personally. You've helped my wife out personally, my kids too. (laughs) We're going to get more into that. But before we get started, let's give uh, just a 30 second elevator pitch on Foot RX, what is Foot RX? And then we're going to learn a little bit about you and then we're going to unpack what you do. Yes. Okay. So, Foot RX Running is a store that was uh, created back in 2007 by myself, uh, Aaron Saft, who is an amazing human being, uh, elite athlete, elite dad, elite husband, elite mm-hmm. friend. Um, you know, the, the aspects that you can look on paper of his resume athletically are the same attributes that he would put on his uh, other resumes that, in life. So he's, a, he's been an amazing human being to have in my life. Um, Jamie Dick, who's an amazing physical therapist and pedorthist. So we had the vision of opening this back probably in 2006. I had met Aaron when I was working at a run specialty store in Blacksburg, Virginia, which is also where I got married to Mary Lou, my wife. There you go. The vision was to try to bridge together good foot health care and, and medical practices with 
the footwear store. And what I saw was a gap between what um, shoe stores could be doing and what you would get if you walked out with your diagnosis from your physician or podiatrist. So, so bridging that gap was what I saw um, needed to be accomplished. So that was the, the seed or kernel of the idea of like why a foot RX running, why that versus just have a running store. Um, and that's sort of where, where it all began. It's funny how I got into running. I, I think this is actually relevant. I've been a soccer player, competitive wrestler, and judo in my life, and have run rickshaw professionally. But I never ran uh, under a coach, never ran in, in a competitive format. And I got pulled into run specialty because I, I was in a soccer team with James DeMarco, who, who was a free agent and got put on our soccer team. And that's how I got to meet him. So it was like a lot of things in life it was meant to be because I, I was the captain of the team at the time. And I remember showing up to our first game and like this guy who is kind of a little bit tall and looks more like a runner than a soccer player walked over and said, I'm on your team. And I was like, oh. Okay, I was kind of surprised because we didn't think we had added any free agents to our team. <laughs> um, but we played. We had a great season. It was futsal season. And at the end of the season, I told my soccer team that I was headed to Asheville to look for job opportunities. I really was excited about the Asheville area, so I thought I was going to move on. And it was a couple of days later that he gave me a call and said, I'd like you to manage the soccer portion of a running soccer specialty store. Oh, wow. And so that's how I got pulled in. I actually got pulled into all of this. Uh, because of soccer, not because of running. But, I mean, O has it grown since then, and so is my love for running, and so is my love for serving uh, the lower extremity and, and foot health and foot care, helping keep people mobile. Oh, that's awesome. So I'd always run in my life. Okay. I'd run rickshaw professionally. I ran all the time to be a fit wrestler. I ran all the time to be a fit soccer player, and I've always run trail since I was a teenager. Just any chance to get into the forest – it's to me, it's therapy. It's it's everything I need. And I love trail running. I'm very passionate about it. Yeah, you are. Yeah. At the end of our street, we had a, an awesome trail over when I lived right beside you. And man, it's uh, that thing killed me just trying to walk it. I well, can't that, imagine. It was great to have that on the menu during the COVID. You know, <laughs> oh, yeah. be able to go into that uh, little chunk of woods right out of our doorstep was, yeah. a, was a real blessing to have that. Oh, yeah, no doubt. All right. So you've said this word a couple of times, and uh, I've had to practice it 10 times since last night. And I had to ask you if I said it correctly, but you are a podorthist. You did great. All yes. right. All right. Um, Let's talk about what is a podorthist. I think that's a great place to start because it's a word that, frankly, a lot of people don't know and they will default to the word podiatrist. Yep. And there's a huge difference in podiatry and pedorthics, although they're related to serving the same cause. Okay. So a pedorthist is not a physician. Like we're not who you call for diagnosis. You know, we've got. Uh, podiatrist, we have uh, sports medicine doctors, we have family doctors, you know, we have other people that are, um, have their degrees and, and have their abilities to diagnose and let you know what is wrong with you. But what a pedorthist essentially is, is our discipline is the discipline of footwear and orthotics as it pertains to caring for the lower extremity. That could be post-surgery, that could be a diabetic ulcer, that could be plantar fasciitis, Achilles tendonitis, a, a stress fracture, I could go on and on with the, you know, the top neuromas, you know, all the stuff that you've heard th these words before, because either you've had them or someone's had them, you know, everyone's <laughs> right. had them to some extent. So what do you do when you have those and you know you have them? And that's what we are. We're either helping you with your footwear choice, selection, modification, or your orthotic choice, selection, or modification, or fabrication. So we're lab rats. You know, we work in a lab. We make molds of people. We make orthotics. We do things to them. We make sure they fit with shoes. 
Um, so that's that's the discipline. Okay, and not to get too technical, but do you get referrals from podiatrist or from absolutely? Other? Okay, yeah. So you know, we wouldn't. Uh, it's 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 really important that we have great relationships. And fortunately, at this point in our history, we have great physicians that believe in us and support us that at this point, they just send you with the diagnosis. You know, I remember the beginning days, they would sort of try to write the recipe. But over time, they've learned to trust the outcome so much so that I think my top 20 physicians that refer to me now just say, go to, go to foot RX running. Here's your diagnosis. You have a fifth metatarsal stress fracture. Okay. And they expect that we know uh, exactly what to do for that. Okay. And obviously you do. We do. That and, and definitely more for sure. So, all right. So let's fast forward a little bit. You are with Jamie. You're with Aaron. You moved to Asheville and you moved here to open the store, Scott? Correct. So um, after I stayed at, foot, at, at Runabout Sports in Blacksburg, when I said, hey, I'm going to go to Asheville and, and I got hired in to work in that run specialty soccer store, which is still in existence, Runabout Sports. It's one of my favorite stores on the planet. If anyone's ever in Blacksburg, Virginia, please go visit Runabout Sports. It's, uh, it's where it all started for me. So, um, But after um, being there and working for James DeMarco, which was a delight for about five years, you know, looking for my ceiling, I definitely did not want to compete against where I came from. So I never wanted to put anything in the, the New River Valley that would that would deter from James's mission with uh, Runabout Sports. So okay. always having an eye on Asheville. You know, I've lived in Kodiak, Alaska for a few years when I was in the Coast Guard. I lived in Olympia, Washington when I was in college. I've always loved the mountains. But my family is from uh, the Virginia area, and I've got family at this point in Virginia, um, Tennessee, Georgia, you know, kind of spread out a little bit. So this area makes the most sense for me, yeah. and it's so beautiful. So yeah. this is why I've always had an eye on Asheville, to be closer to family but still be in the forest and the mountains and streams, et cetera. Awesome. So, yeah. Awesome. Okay. So you opened the store in 2006, and we are some— 2007. 2007. Okay, yeah. we opened the store in 2007. And we know that there's been not necessarily a, a, a pivot because you've been doing the same thing for Foot RX from the very beginning. But talk just about the evolution of that, of mm-hmm. when you opened up, how you were serving the community here, and I know it's it's a 15-year span or so. So just kind of talk about where we are you know, today versus where you came from. Absolutely. That's a and big loaded it's, question. It's, it's a big loaded question, <laughs> but it was quite an evolution. And, and the first thing that came to mind was in the early days of FootRx running, you didn't even have to schedule with me. We were brand new in town. I was a young you know, newer pedorthist, was still kind of getting my experience and getting going. And I would hover on the sales floor, listening for foot problems, waiting to jump in. Um, I mean, it took a few years to the point where so many people wanted to see me, I had to like organize them and put them on a schedule. And then once I did that, I was working on someone's foot that was like a business uh, coach or something. I remember this moment. He's like, you need to charge people for seeing you. And I just couldn't believe the idea that someone would pay to see me. And he's like, you have a calendar full and a line. And he promised me that if I started charging to see people and accepting my value, Mm. um, that my line would grow, not shrink. And would you believe it that at this point we have two pit orthists on staff and we're booked out all the time. Wow. Yeah. That that is so cool. What you learn along the way 
is, is what you learn, you know? Yeah, yeah. Well, let's talk about that. What are some of the things that you learned along the way, not only from the tactical part of what you do, but even the products that you're bringing in? And maybe we can even kind of start to talk a little bit about those products today, the footwear today, um, how they've changed, how they've evolved, how your knowledge has evolved. That, that is probably the most exciting subject of what I imagine we would be getting into today. Because awesome. I'm thinking of listeners to this podcast that could be, as you told me before we started, anywhere in the world, which yeah. is exciting. Yeah. Because I'm not wanting to necessarily be a commercial for me right now. I'm wanting to hope that these words find someone and helps them with their mobility. I mean, that's what makes me tick. That's mm. the passion behind why we have a business, is if I can help someone else with their mobility, what a game changer you know, that can be. So um, views on shoes. I mean, I'm going to jump right into shoes. So shoes were, to my opinion, much more homogenized back in 2007 and before 2007. The word ramp or heel to toe offset was terminology that not only did I not know or speak of or hear of, it wasn't in a catalog. It didn't come off the lips of anyone. Like the forward tilt of a shoe was not even spoken about. And now it's one of the most important factors when trying to fit someone properly in a pair of athletic shoes is how much heel-to-toe offset and ramp do they want or do they need? Uh, what will make them most successful? Also, shoes came in, in uh, basically they were st- stabilizing against pronation, which over the course of my career, the stability category has shrunk and shrunk and shrunk because our understanding of who really needs to have pronation controlled has grown and grown and grown. Okay. So I think early on in run specialty, me included, um, would see some pronation and say, there's pronation, kill it, get rid of it. It's the root of all evil. And it's not. Pronation is a very important aspect of our lower extremity biomechanics. It's how we absorb impact. It's how we adapt to the ground. Uh, a great example is if you ever watch some Kenyans running a marathon and watch them run by and look at how much pronation is in some of these elite athletes that are injury free, you know, running these amazing paces that it's hard to believe human beings can do. It's hard to tell someone that healthy and that elite that their pronation is bad. And pronation is where the feet come in? Correct. The heel, the the inside falls towards the center line. Okay. Okay. So shoes back then, why you would come to a running specialty store back then was mostly to have your gait evaluated to see whether you were a candidate for a stability or let's call it anti-pronation shoe or whether you were okay to be in a neutral shoe. And then the normal fitting, which has always been important, length, width, um, height of the toe box, you know, different things like that because we all have different feet. So having a staff understand the shoes they're pulling after they've looked at your foot can be a great shortcut to trying on too many shoes to find a comfortable one. I think if someone's fitting you and they know their footwear, you're trying on two or three pair to get mm-hmm. a really comfortable pair because they've looked at you and they know what they're pulling. Okay. Yeah. Wow. And so talk about some of the brands back then versus some of the brands that are more current today. Okay. Yep. So back then the ruler of all running seemed to be Asics. I think they were number one. It seemed to be somewhere in this pecking order of Asics, Mizuno, um, Saucony, um, Nike, New Balance. They were all kind of first through fifth, you know, Adidas was kind of in there. Um, But there's a lot of newcomers that have really made their mark, and they weren't there when I first started, and now they're the biggest part of the game for our story. Is this because of their understanding of 
your subject and about lower extremities and That's health? a great question. I would want to think that most brands have a better understanding than I do because of what resources they have and what kind of dynamite people they can put on their teams. However, I still think fashion drives market. And if people want shoes that are pointier and higher heeled, and they're not wanting to put on a shoe that looks like a hobbit foot, um, they're still going to wear what looks sensible to their eyes, what their friends are wearing, and what fashion dictates. And this is sort of a point of contention for me. To me, it should be all about function. Mm. Um, but yeah, so I think they know, but whether they decide to act on everything they know is, is, a, is another story. Interesting. Yeah. Wow. Well, I know even for me, you helped me out tremendously. I never knew the word toe box. Like <laughs> I knew, you know, I was looking for a pair of shoes. You helped me. And it was the same thing. I think there was like three different pair that, you know, I was looking at, but, um, you asked me very qualifying questions and then you gave me some shoes and, you know, we, we tried those shoes on and, and they instantly became my favorites. Like, Oh, nice. Like, I don't even know how to describe it to you, to be honest with you, Scott. It was like a game changer out on the trail. And I'm not a runner. I mean, I wish I could. It just, it just, um, I just don't run. I like to hike fast or slow. <laughs> but, <laughs> but, but, but for me, I mean, some of the products that you brought me, my ultras, uh, I just absolutely fell in love with those shoes. And I mean, it was a game changer for me when I put those, those shoes on and still wear them to this day. I don't That's have them on so right now. But, yeah. I mean, ultra was a game changer for me. I remember holding the first Lone Peak um, right out of the gate. I was a believer immediately. I, I will say that in those days, execution was not what it is now. They're much more refined and mature as a company. But the idea of not uh, lifting the heel unnecessarily and giving generous amount for all of the phalanges, your toes, or, or like uh, they say in Ted Lasso, your, your foot fingers. Uh, <laughs> That's one of my favorite things, foot fingers. <laughs> so that all of your foot fingers can function properly. It's, yeah. it's super important. Wow, that's yep. so, well, you know, it's just been recently that I've paid a lot more attention to that ever since really you got me these shoes and I started paying a lot more attention to the other shoes that I have. So when I work, I found out that I have, you know, it's basically a cowboy boot with a heel and it's fine for a few hours yep. and the function of them is perfect for what I do. But then I feel like my back is hurting. My knees are hurting. My ankles hurt. And I've had to, to essentially not wear those anymore for, for these reasons. I mean, it's, it's, it's the function, or I guess it's the fashion over the, the function uh, piece. And for me, I just, I'm starting to really kind of understand a little bit more about the flat. Yes. Flat the zero sole. drop. Zero drop. There you yes. go. That's the proper word. Um, so, you know, basically anyone listening, if you have footwear that deviates your great, your big toe inward and your pinky toe inward, if your shoes or your socks do this, then they're helping create dysfunction. Mm. And I could look at everybody's feet that have been born and raised in a shod world, meaning you know footwear on them, uh, and see the ramifications of ill-designed footwear. And I believe that if footwear were all made to the shape of feet and we did not have this fashion element to our footwear, that I probably would not have a job. Interesting. Yeah. Wow. So let's go back again when you opened your store here. And we know that this is a great place to come for trail running and hiking and enjoying the outdoors just in general. Talk about what your clientele was like 
then when you first started opening? Has it changed? Has it stayed the same? Are people becoming more knowledgeable? Like what's your, what's your demographic that comes in to see you? The demographic has always been wide open and that was pretty purposeful. Like I feel like if you have feet, then you would want to come into our store. And you know, Aaron Saft, when we came here in 2007, not only was he winning almost everything he put himself into, but he was setting course records. And mm. I used to giggle about that. Like, dude, not only did you just beat everyone on this day, but you beat everyone on every day that was on that course, you know. <laughs> yeah. Um, and it was an expectation that was a pretty high bar. I, I would pull him aside all the time and say, you know, if you don't set a course record, we're going to still love you. <laughs> you know, you can you can be easy on yourself. But he was just hammering back then. Um, but our our clientele has never been about elitism it's never been about how fast are you it's about who you are and that you want to engage in a way to make yourself better you know positive growth mindset's a big thing i keep saying to myself the last two years but all along the way is anybody that would come in and say hey you know normally i self-shop but i've heard of you and can you look at me and look at my gate and look at my feet and tell me what you think will help me be more successful you know when people put themselves in your hands to do that because they're willing for change that could be positive. That's a great thing. So because of that factor that we're not just there for the really super fast runners, we are there for everyone that wants to hike, walk at any level. I mean, we have clients from heart path that have had, you know, um, heart conditions and scenarios, uh, heart attacks, surgeries, et cetera. And they're in there walking a track under guided, guided, care from nurses and physicians and and that walker to me is is just as important as someone that says hey i'm going to walk the whole camino mm. or i'm going to go do the whole appalachian trail or i'm going to go on a trail race and race a hundred mile run like all of those human beings deserve to have their foot help them so you've been able to serve this wide audience from the very beginning and you're still serving this wide audience even today that none of that has changed at all Correct. The only thing that's changed in the last couple of years is this ugly thing called COVID. Oh. And this was something that I know was difficult for you. Just watching you as a neighbor, watching you as a friend, watching you as, as a business owner go through this was um, a little stressful. But the coming through that and on the other side of that now, there's some really cool things that we can talk about. But talk a little bit about what that was like going through that as a retailer, as a business owner, as a specialized, I guess, retailer. Absolutely. What was that? What was it all like for you? So, you know, let's take us back to March before the pandemic actually got into gear when we started seeing it come up on the news. I had lunch with Aaron Saft one day and said, you know, hey, at the moment that you or I are uncomfortable fitting someone else in a pair of run shoes because we're concerned for our own health and well-being is the moment we can no longer pay a staff member to do that for us. Okay. So we actually opted out a week or two before they closed everything. Okay. And we were having record-breaking Saturdays. Oh, like gosh. Double the amount of volume. We had people in like sardines squished in our store waiting to get their shoes. Wow. Looking back, I believe people knew that there was some sort of stay home, stay safe order about to happen. And they wanted to be prepared to run and make sure they had everything they needed to be home. Yeah. So people were stocking up on more than just toilet paper. It was running shoes. It was anything, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, so then we were shut for three months, and that was really dreadful. We drove deep into red territory very quickly. We had a ton of product walk in the door before this pandemic did because spring 
and March is our number one month of the of this season. And March onward is a big March where we have to have product. So we had a whole lot of product come in the door, and then we shut the doors. And this was just a great disaster for, wow. for debt and, and stress, et cetera. Um, we would go in on like Wednesdays, and I was literally selling them to every friend that I had on my Facebook page. And you know I'm not big promoter yeah, on my Facebook. That's right. Um, so anybody that wanted a pair of shoes, would, would I was shipping – you know, 15 boxes every Wednesday, which would be like just part of one day of work. You wow. know? But this was just to put cash in the box to be able to pay the attorneys we were speaking to mm. on how to navigate the waters of COVID. Okay. And we had some great people on our team. We had some great attorneys on our team. We got some great advice. We figured out the best way to take care of our staff. Um, and we were headed towards business bankruptcy. Mm. So right about the time when I was advised by our business attorney to get my own private attorney for what would happen after they were done chewing up the business right. is when I kind of really thought like, you know, I, I would, I want to keep doing this. And I started coming up with a plan for when this was over on what next business to start. Okay. I was actually already thinking about the seed. It was one of the things that was helping me stay sane. Everything's burning down, but I'm already trying to figure out where I'm going to plant a tree. In this moment, you know, Aaron Saft realized after we had a lot of, you know, heart to hearts and Jamie Dick realized that the store would probably be better off with one partner, not three. Slimming down and, and making it as simple as possible with the most, you know, most chance of moving forward, Okay, which got us out of the lane of doing bankruptcy. You okay. know, now we're putting it back on the road. Um, yeah, and we put it back on the road. You know, COVID was very interesting. COVID forced all of us to sort of sit down with all the decisions we had been making in our lives and really hang out with them. Mm. In the day-to-day motions of life, these things are flying by us, and we're at light speed. And it's very rare that you actually can collect these decisions and these these scenarios and, and who's your friend and who's not your friend and what do you do with your time? And do you have a hobby that's meaningful? And you know, how do you, how do you, how's your relationship with your spouse? And how are your kids doing? And it just really was this moment of like a adult version of timeout. Yeah. And it's a good way to put it. Yeah. And in that, I think we hopefully find ourselves a little bit. And, and I think like everyone, if you, if you're forced to do that, I certainly came up with a lot I wanted to change personally, as well as, um, in the business. And mm. to me, they just paralleled. This was a self-growth moment that was tied to this business. It, it, it meant more than the business because it was also tied to me. Wow. Like the, the ascent and change of me and how much change I've personally gone through. And it hasn't been comfortable. I mean, a tortoise doesn't, you know, what is leave its shell or something or a crab or something You're like trying to remember which animal like it won't get its new shell <laughs> right. without discomfort right you know gro- the obviously the the definition of growth is you know you, if you're comfortable why change anything right right but in all of that discomfort there was a room for a lot of self-growth and professional growth that's awesome yep well let's talk about how that translate and transitioned into the business yep so in the business the first thing that i realized was you know hey i can't do this like i have been working my own lane with patient population, appointment after appointment for 15 years. And Aaron, our dubious leader, has stepped out. And the first thing I think is like, how can I do what I do and what Aaron did 
how can I fill my shoes and Aaron's shoes? And uh, literally what I came up with is it's neither. Mm. It's literally going to be neither. I, I can't wear my old shoes. I can't wear Aaron's shoes. I need to find a new pair of shoes. Wow, what a perspective. Yep. And that's what I'd been looking for. And then I hit a speed bump. My dad passed away. It'll be uh, two years this November. Um, and for the first time in my life, I think I was clinically depressed. And it put a speed bump on all the progress and dreams I had for the shop. And I started wanting to not be around people as much. And I went through several months of a healing process that actually spit me out better than I've ever been. Awesome. Um, it was in all of this change and discomfort, uh, mourning for my father, uh, the discomfort and fear of being a business leader in a new ter territory for me as an individual. And uh, my sister-in-law, I was visiting her at her lake house and I was drinking coffee with creamer in it. And she goes, hey, have you ever heard of fasting? And I'm like, what? She's like, yeah, intermittent fasting. And I maybe had heard a little bit about it, but you know, just not enough. So she gave me the whole science that weekend. And basically, I'm the kind of person, if you know, you know, the more you know me, you'll know if I say I'm going to do something, like I'm jumping in, I'm doing it. And I decided I'm going to give this thing a roll. And I decided because I was in such an extreme state of discomfort that I had nothing to lose. And what is creamer in my coffee anyway? So I learned a lot about intermittent fasting. I, I lost, I think, over 25 COVID pounds I'd put yeah, on. Yeah, you I look felt good, lighter. man. Thanks, man. I felt lighter on the trail. So therefore, my trail running got better. There you go. Um, I just I just became a healthier, more energized version of myself. My focus became better, and I healed essentially. Mm. I healed um, physically as well as spiritually and mentally through that process. Um, you know, it took a while. You know, I'm I will be one year intermittent fasting this coming up spring. So cool. right now, I think right about now, I think somewhere any day or yesterday, it could have been a year. <laughs> so it took a while, but. Um, I came back around to being like extremely engageable and wanting to be engaged with my staff and wanting to step in and grow. And I have to totally give props to the FootRx crew. Like awesome. I know a lot of businesses lost people over this. We stayed together and we are like hostage victims that are like <laughs> totally bonded through this. Um, That's cool. But, you know, huge um, financial raises for all the staff have occurred. Our organization has just gotten more organized. <laughs> uh, we've renovated the shop. We've changed our website. I, I, re I revamped our logo. I mean, anything that we could put our fingers on and ask, is this good enough? Uh, we asked the question and we would try to make it better. But some other changes happened, and I'm excited to share this because if anyone's out there is listening and they run a business, uh, this is very dear to my heart because that COVID sit-down timeout forced me to understand that we were burning the candle from too many ends to be a retail store. We were having events in the evenings after hours, talks. We were putting on training sessions. We were putting on races. And when I say we, really Aaron, and we would help Aaron, but really Aaron on his shoulders and his backs and the sweat of his brow was putting on intense events, um, a lot of them. Bottom line is as I really took a strong look at mental health, uh, the, needy, the need to reflect and and recharge and be with your family and we changed our store hours it used to be 10 to 6 monday through saturday and 1 to 5 on sunday i think it's roughly 23 percent reduction we are now 10 to 5 monday through thursday 10 to 4 on friday and saturday and not open on sunday not open on a holiday the staff says hey do you want to be open on christmas eve i'm like hey do you want to be open on christmas eve and if they say no we're closed there you go uh, if we have to 
drive our staff members to that point, I, you know, I think that's where I don't want to be anymore. Gotcha. So, um, to any stores, retails or restaurants or otherwise, if you can reduce your footprint to something that is more meaningful to your health and your sanctity and your family life, um, and you can do it in a way that, that still monetizes your business successfully, then do it. Mm. Great it's, advice. It's made, it's, uh, we're not going to go back. When this short-term memory and COVID's all forgotten about, we're not going to go back to working the same blueprint we were working. And it just makes the biggest difference for staff and their happiness. Good for you. Yep. And it's funny because now we talk about reducing hours, reducing days, reducing holidays, but now we're opening a whole new store. We're opening a whole new store. And before before we get into that, I want to step back and say in that 23% reduction, yeah. we had our best year ever. Oh, no kidding. Absolutely. Good for you, man. Both on profitability and just straight up revenues. And what do you assign that to? Okay, well, a lot of it is not in our control. I'd like to say we're awesome, and it's just because we're awesome. <laughs> well, I think you're yes, awesome. <laughs> and, our, and our crew. I mean, if I, if I don't say this enough during this podcast, I'll, if I ever listen to it, I will kick myself. But none of what I'm sitting here saying would, be, would exist without the amazing crew at FootRx running. This, it's really teamwork. It's not me. I mean, I've sort of taken myself away from the playing field as a player, and now I'm a coach is really how I've had to approach it. But I'm watching them win. And I'm mm. so proud of them. Yeah, uh, it, it chokes me up. Yeah. and this is all genuine. It's authentic. I know you, Scott, enough to yeah. know that this is this this is the real deal. This is the good <laughs> stuff. Thanks. All right. So, best year ever. Yep. We're going to attribute it to the factors that you think you're awesome. You know you're awesome, but it's not just about being awesome. Nope. It's about I think uh, the outdoor space and people's need to get outdoors. Um, I really don't want any gym owners to suffer but in their suffering a lot of people turn to run stores i believe i believe this i don't know this to be true but i think when you couldn't go to your hit class or your whatever class i think you were still going to do something and i think we brought a lot of new people into the sport of run walk and, and hike awesome in, in the specialty world and i think that um, just covid drove people to find a safe healthy place not around people outdoors yeah and i think the outdoors um, whole section sector grew. It seems like it grew. Um, it one of my one of my best friends and brothers, and we play a lot of music together and we hang out a lot together. But he's he's also been a, a awesome professional um, mentor. Is Kev Martin? Kev Martin told me at the beginning of COVID, he said outdoor space is going to be fine. Don't don't worry. You know, he was a calming like we're going to be fine. It's going to be bumpy, but we're going to be fine. Yeah, well, it's true. And when you listen to the numbers that aren't in the millions anymore, it's in the billions of the economic impact that the outdoor, especially just all of North Carolina, all just, well, that number is just for North Carolina. But I mean, it's it's huge and people did look to it. And mm -hmm. so, yeah, so that was sage advice. So the new store is something that isn't for you to say, hey, I want to go grow to be bigger. You actually had the the community in Brevard you were telling me that was asking you. Yeah, it's for been 10 a long years. time coming. Yeah, I would say at least 10 years. You know, we've had a large contingency from the Brevard community coming to us. And I've been asked many times, like, hey, could you put something out here? And never would I have the bandwidth to even entertain it prior to COVID. Okay. Um, but this is stores a bit of a poem to me. So, mm. you know, um, one of my biggest, um, I'm just such a fan of her right now. One of the biggest, um, contributors to my to my 
happiness, my success, my ability to get up and be optimistic, my ability to see uh, the role I have in life and the effect I have on other people is my is my eldest daughter, Bailey. Mm. And uh, Bailey runs cross country. I get a little choked up, but yeah. she she's such an overachiever. I try to teach her how to tap the brakes, not put on the accelerator. <laughs> but she's uh, she's gotten really into running, and she runs. Um, she's only in seventh grade, and she runs the off season high school meetups out at Pisgah Forest. Oh wow! So we've been going out together to Pisgah Forest to run for a long time, and then. I'd go out and drop her off, and she'd go run off with her buddies, and I'd go take my run. Um, and I was running in Pisgah a lot more. I think it's just a beautiful, amazing forest. It's just 22 minutes from my doorstep. And uh, while running and, and while dropping her off and while you know, interacting with Brevard, my Brevard people, it <laughs> just started to creep up like, hey, you know, why don't we have a little satellite store out here? It's just interesting that there's so many bike shops and not one run shop. Um, so... It's just like a little seed of growth started inside of me of like, this really would be a great town to put another shop in. And uh, and from there it grew to we're three weeks away from opening. Three, oh, it's amazing. <laughs> it's absolutely amazing. So the so the opening is March 11th, is that right? Yeah, we're going to have a soft grand opening. Okay. Just don't want to get too carried away with ourselves. Got to, you know, make sure we, we are in our groove before yeah. we do something bigger. Um, I also want to say that I don't think this would be happening if, some criteria weren't met by me. So I, in running and meditating uh, in the forest, decided that this project would bring joy, would bring creative juices and flowing of the creative forces. I really wanted to be part of that. Would be affordable financially. Would be, um, I would want to have a space and a landlord that I completely believed in because I already had one business. So I didn't really just want to go push to find a space and get it done so to speak like I really wanted this to be a wonderful story and lo and behold next door to Sycamore Cycles um, was Diane's Delights little thrift store there in the in the intersection of Pisgah Forest um, and she decided at 90 years old um, that she was 90 years young I should say after young, meeting yeah. him that she was gonna give up the retail and I told her if she ever misses people and wants to come down that she can sell shoes with me. But, oh, good. But she gave up her space, and Wes Dixon, who owns Sycamore Cycle, um, and Art Odell reached out to me and said, hey, you know, we got this space opening up. Do you want to do this? And it was the synergy with those guys and that team. Sycamore Cycles has great energy, great shop if you ever go in there. You can tell that everyone gets along. You can, you can see and smell their mission. It's just it's a wonderful environment. So to be able to be under their wings, so to speak, and next door to them to synergize with um, this collective group of cyclists and athletes is going to be great. We're really excited about it. You couldn't ask for a better location. I mean, and the people who are around here know that intersection. It's just such a huge intersection at the beginning, that entrance going up 276 right there in Pisgah Forest. But, man, you couldn't you couldn't ask for a better location, Scott, for your second. It's a dream. It's a dreamy situation. It's like a poem is what I keep saying. Yeah. It's a dreamy situation. And they're going to add that – Huge traffic circle, which is going to make pedestrian, biking, and running into the oh, park nice. accessible directly from the store. You know, okay. right now, we don't want to really play Frogger out there in that <laughs> intersection. Because you would be. <laughs> yep, because you would be. Um, but that's coming. That's in the plans. That should be um, completed, I think, in less than five years. Wow. So, cool. I, uh, yeah, I, I think Bavard is happening. And I think that um, what's really exciting is because there are no run specialty stores currently, I'm not experiencing any tribalism. Like everyone mm. that hears we're coming is genuinely excited. We had such a blow up on our little bit of 
social media just saying we're coming of, of gratitude and congratulations and excitement. So, so uh, you know, I don't know. Brevard will eventually be so big they'll have 20 run shops, you know. But going there right now at this moment in history, it feels really right. Oh, that's so cool. That's so cool. And the staff, I mean, obviously you have your current location, but the new location too, are you in the process of trying to hire? Yep. So we've hired, we've identified, you know, who's going to be on the team. Um, we've got some great talent. We've been training them in our Asheville location. I think everything about putting this second store online is, is dreamier because we, it's like our second child, you know, we already had mm-hmm. our first child. We know what diapers are, you know, <laughs> We, we know we know the ropes a little bit so yeah. you know you're a parent think of it in that context like it, it you know it really does get easier because you get better at it you have more experience with it and yeah. the support like the store would maybe be a bit of a reach for me if it were my first store and I had to you know pony up in every way of not having knowledge not having history not having brand partners, you know, all of this stuff, everything about what I'm doing has been made easier because of our success at the first store. Awesome. Yep. So it's going really smoothly. Oh, that's very good. So talk about some of the, the, the newest and, and latest, I don't know if technology is the right word, but some of the things that are coming along that are still in the vein of not, not flat footed. It's, uh, uh, zero drop, zero drop. <laughs> yes. Dang it. I've yes. got it. Okay. Well, let's go into zero drop for a minute. So we carry at foot RX currently everything between zero and 12 okay. millimeters. So if a woman walked into me wearing heels and was there on her lunch break to get fit for run shoes and said, I wear heels every day for my career, she's not going to get zero drop. That's a way for her to get an injury. Okay. So the 12 millimeter shoe would be more appropriate for her because of her, you know, Achilles flexibility or just the function of her posterior system. Um, but if someone has really good uh, calf flexibility, Achilles flexibility, no problem at all there. Um, they might not even know they put on zero drop. And we believe that having the foot level um, is the way it was designed. Okay. <laughs> you know, so even though there's an arch in your foot, a natural mm-hmm. arch, zero drop is still the preferred? So zero drop just simply means that the stack height under your heel is the same as the stack height under your forefoot. Okay. So you're not, you know, forward tilted at all. Okay. Which, so if you're barefoot, you're also zero drop. True. Yep. Yep. Okay. Yep. So um, I think it's funny how you said, um, is technology the right word a minute ago? Because you're totally correct in your instincts. Like it's not necessarily technology as much as geometry. To me, technology, when I hear that word, I think of things like bladed, run shoes okay you know things that there is literally a technical technical technological advanced situation that helps you perform better you know technology helped me be more we try to break that notion and say don't look for more performance from your shoe look for it from you from your foot and here are some ways to help your foot be better at performing the tasks that it needs to do okay um and i'd like to go over a few of those that's actually i think one of the most important takeaways for anyone that decided to listen to this, is to go through their footwear and any shoe that, like I was saying earlier, promotes your toes to be close together or any sock you own that promotes your clothes, your toes to be closer together, get rid of them. Like all, just that's the first thing is is getting out what's not good out of your out of your closet. And then secondly is looking towards brands like Ultra, Topo, Limbs, um, Freet, Zero. Um, companies that are foot-shaped and looking for those as your primary source of what you would wear most of the time. 
I mean, you know, just like diet, no one wants to be pure and just eat like raw spinach every day, all day long, because they're going to have a good diet. Once in a while, maybe you want some cheesecake, right? Maybe you want to live a little. <laughs> so I sell, I would say to someone like, maybe you want to go wear your cowboy boots to go out on a date with your wife for two or three hours and go to a nice restaurant. And if that's all you did this month or this week, you're probably fine. Your foot's okay. probably not going to, you know, fall apart on you. It could, depending on what's going on with your foot, and that's going to be individualized. But for the most part, I think if it's not your regular repertoire, you're you're going to be okay. It's really what you wear and twenty four seven. You know what your weight bearing time is spending is going to have the largest bearing on your outcome, and that's obvious. But you know, looking at your shoes and really focusing on that is the first place to start with with foot health. The second place is stretching. Lots of people don't stretch enough, so you know you get tight calves, you get tight hamstrings. We sit, we drive, etc. But um, being flexible is really important, and your foot starts in your calf, your lower leg. I mean, all those muscles lead into the tendons that lead into your foot. Um, so I always try to tell people, like, your foot is not just your foot. Your foot is your whole lower leg. It's just one one system, and your flexibility of, of everything in your lower leg and is super important. Um, then secondly is foot strength. So a lot of things we wear do the work for our foot for us so we don't have to work as hard and that would maybe even make it feel more comfortable like hey this shoe's kind of walking for me you know rocker bottom big shoe lots of cushion big platform shoes these are really big right now in run specialty and when you wear them your foot doesn't have to work as hard so our go-to sort of recipe if, if this were going to be unveiling the secret getting it out of the out of the safe which it's not in the safe it's really on the sales floor every day all day is wear as little shoe as possible for daily function. Maybe even complete minimalism for daily function. Allow the foot to have to be strong. Allow the foot to flex everywhere where the foot was designed to flex. But then when you go run, you might want a little bit more shoe. I'm okay with more shoe. I'm okay with the whole Hoka, you know, what they do. I'm okay with all that if you're putting it on the run and you're taking it off. I think what you wear all the rest of your time has much more bearing on your foot health. So sometimes people want to go opposite. They wear shoes and then they hear about the minimalism and they want to go get a minimal shoe and take off and run in it. I think you need to be able to live in a more minimal shoe comfortably, functionally, before you would attempt a big hike or a big run. Um, just don't, you know, make it much harder on yourself. Um, so, you know, doing those things, I think, really help foot health. We use a board called Mobo, M-O-B-O. And the Mobo board, it's like 80 bucks. It's the best 80 bucks you could spend if you've had foot problems. Um, it's basically a balance board where the four lesser toes are hanging off and your big toe is engaged and you have to balance on it. And those little toes do so much. So when they are just flying in the air and not doing anything on this balance board, the big toe has to be the, the stabilizer and take up all the slack. And that engages your arch, engages everything about your foot having to be strong. Um, it's an awesome tool. So, so many people will focus on a workout, but rarely will someone focus on working out, you know, their foot, their arch, their ankle. So it's a really good tool. So foot strengthening, really good footwear. Um, toe socks and correct toes are all I wear and all our staff wears. So this would be, I guess, maybe a good equivalent to instead of getting your cavities filled all the time, here's some floss. Why don't you try flossing and brushing? Like, so um, back to not wanting your toes to go together. If you've got toe socks on, then your socks aren't promoting your toes to go together. And with toe socks, it's really comfortable and a lot easier to wear a device called Correct Toes, which is these little pods that go between every toe and help spread the toe out. 
to uh, to be able to function. How in the world did you get into being passionate about something like this? Yeah. Okay. So you know, going back, my grandfather worked for Philip Morris, and because he worked for Philip Morris, and my dad did for a period of time too, all the cigarettes that we wanted in our household for free. Um, diet in our house was all about passion. And I grew up in a foodie household with parents that could really cook. My mom, South and Mason Dixon line could make the best fried chicken you've ever had. And my dad could make the best, you know, gravy and sauce and pasta and meatballs that you could ever have. So we, we didn't, I didn't actually grow up in this like wellness environment. But in that, I really wanted to be the opposite of some of that. Okay. And, and that's what drove me to say, I want to be part of the wellness field or in the wellness genre. If I'm working with people that care about wellness every day and working with people that care about their wellness every day and having to walk the walk I talk every day, maybe the outcome will be that I'm more well. You know, this was like sort of like a young, like teenage Scott thinking going into whatever I'm going to go into. So for me, I, I could look back and I could easily be running a smoothie stand right now. I mean, right out of college, I was a personal trainer. I coached soccer for a long time. Anything where I knew I was contributing to the greater whole, the greater good, uh, the community's well-being, which is on an individual level very important to individuals' well-being, fitness goals, health goals, it really it pumps me up, gets me excited. Uh, just like I'm, I'm a third child. I'm born to be a helper. I love people. I, I have a gift for seeing the best in people when I meet them. So I'm always glasses half full when I meet a new person. And I, and I, you know, it's contagious, you know, it's just part of who I am. So, so the fact that I went into footwear is just because of the luck of the matter. I went from, Hey, I'm going to move to Asheville to why don't you be part of the soccer store? And then I st stopped working with just the soccer. I started working with the run in. Then I became the manager of the whole store. And then, you know, things built from there but well it definitely oozes out of you man you can definitely tell i mean you're you get a little pep in your stuff when you start talking about <laughs> some of this stuff that's very good well what are some things that you would love for people to know that we haven't even broached the subject we haven't even talked about yet what are some last last things you would love for people to understand and know hey be nice to people when they're doing service to you you know we are a service-driven store and we our days are made or not made on the community that comes in. And I would say 99% of every interaction is super positive, but we all are part of what we do at FootRx Running because of that same thing I just told you about. Like we have a mission, a reason for being, and a reason for being together as a, as a team at FootRx Running. So, you know, get excited when you go to a run specialty store or an outdoor store um, because the people that are there and that are choosing to be there are choosing to be there because they get excited when you come in and they help you off on your next adventure in a really good way. Um, so for us, that interaction is sacred and very meaningful. So this is just to all the listeners out there that would go visit your local community, uh, specialty shops, whether they be run, whether they be ski, whether they be outdoor, uh, paddle, uh, skateboard shops, whatever it is. It's when you're really into something, you love sharing it. That's yeah. why you have a store. Um, so you know, look forward to going in there if you're going to go in there. Make the most of it. Um, and, and be super positive because the people that are there will, will really receive a lot of benefit from that interaction with you. And, and it just cycles, carries on to the next person, carries on to the next person. So, yeah, yeah. Good stuff. It's like a tribe, you know, and yeah. we want you as in anybody that comes in, we want you to be in this tribe of health and wellness and mobility. Right. 
Well, good. Well, Scott, man, I, I could do this all day with you. Uh, we haven't even talked about one wheel and guitar and recording music. And all <laughs> Maybe the, uh, another podcast. <laughs> maybe another podcast. Yeah. But uh, I think what you do is a huge service to not just a running community or an adventure community, but as you said, better than I will ever be able to surmise just for the average person, the, the Mikes of the world and, and, and the Teresas of the world and, and people like that who you've kind of helped their lives too. So thank you for what you do, man. You've got a great business. I'm excited for your new store. I'm excited for all the things that that holds as well because that's a huge service, an unmet need really, that you're going to be able to provide over there in Bavard. So that's huge too. So yeah, man, thanks for taking the time and kind of coming over here and rapping with me a little bit. It's been good. Thank you. This is awesome. Great chance for... Uh, us to get together. Yeah, absolutely. I love stories of companies and people that have rebounded and even prospered coming out of this pandemic. It's been nasty and deadly, and yet thankfully, so many have pushed through and have become stronger on the other side. I've learned a lot from Scott, and thanks to his advice and guidance, my feet, knees, and lower back are essentially pain-free. He's also helped my wife recover from an acute case of plantar fasciitis that was so debilitating that simple things like walking the dogs was painful. We're a pretty active family, and it was so frustrating seeing her in so much pain and unable to hike. So, whether you're an avid runner or not, everyone can benefit from the services FootRx offers. Well, that's going to do it for this episode. I hope you enjoyed it. And if you really enjoyed it, please consider leaving us a review. It really helps us to reach more people. And don't forget to subscribe so you can stay up to date with all future episodes. Follow us on Instagram and Facebook and drop me a note at Mike at explorationlocal.com if you ever have an idea for a future episode. I love connecting with you in that way. Well, until we meet again, I encourage you to wander far, but explore local. <laughs>